cocktail. Hello. Oh, thank you. <laughs> First bang on back. Yeah. Just you talking to <laughs> just, Norman. I would listen to that. <laughs> it's cat ASMR. Oh, that'd be great just going, hello, darling. Hang on. Happy New Year, Zan. Happy New Year. Welcome back. We did see each other before today. Yeah, that's true. But we Happy had... New Year to the Bang Fam. Yeah, Bang Fam. It was Christmas, New Year, all things, and then we're back. It feels like it's only been a week. Yeah, it How was a pretty happen? short break. Yeah. <laughs> so there's I'm like confused. A I would like to still be on holidays. <laughs> I think the rest of the country is the same, even though we've had the weirdest year where we've been in lockdown and... And really haven't been going anywhere. I think we still feel, I, I, I don't know, I was quite exhausted by all the activity of Christmas and yeah, New Year. totally. Yeah, so I need a holiday from that now. So I'm, <laughs> just, I'm not match fit. I'm not match fit with anything. I'm not either. Including bang on. So excuse me if it's a bit all over the shop today. Dig in. We'll be fine. We'll yeah. get better as we go along, I'm sure. Yeah. And you know what? There's been no shortage of things to talk about. Oh, my God. One of the biggest stories that dropped earlier this week, Sex in the City is back. So on Sunday night, sorry, three of the four stars of the original show, Sarah Jessica Parker, Cynthia Nixon and Kristen Davis, shared a trailer on their social media. Now, it's not a movie which had been discussed over the last few years, but it's a whole new series. Ten episodes on HBO. HBO Max, which What's is this? Well, this is their streaming only service. It's okay. not going to matter for people here in Australia. What are we going to get? I'm it assuming on? you're going to get it on Foxtel and Binge. So binge. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a whole new series. It's them, you know, as they are today, women in their fifties navigating sex, friendship, relationships, all that sort of stuff. I'm so conflicted about this. It's it's not Sex in the City without Samantha, and everybody knows what went down. Well, maybe they don't in the last couple of years with Kim Cattrall, she decided she didn't want to be involved in the next film Mm. of Sex in the City. I think she thought it was tarnishing the brand somewhat because the second film really didn't do that well. Um, And she also thought that there wasn't a great role for Samantha in that film. And she she said, I'm Dunsey and I was never great mates with them anyway. Yeah. Which is fine. You know, they're actors. They're, they're, They're put together. They don't have to be best mates. So she was out and... Now they're going ahead without her, but as I get older, Samantha was the best character on that whole freaking show. She totally was, <laughs> and I think we talked about it last year in the height of sort of anxiety lockdown at the very beginning of it all. Um, a lot of the shows that I was watching, we talked about it a bit, was this ambient TV, and I remember one particular weekend I was just putting together like Ikea furniture or something very lockdowny, mm. and we just had Sex in the City on just going from one. I thought you were going to say, we just had sex. <laughs> That's, that's no one, hot. No that's one hot. gets horny Ikea. when putting together <laughs> flat back furniture or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they do. <laughs> Feel free to send us a message if flat pack turns you on. I mean, you'd be a rare, it's a rare kink. but Ikea fan it's fiction. Your, it's your kink. <laughs> Here we come. See, I told you you'd warm up. Yeah, I'm back. Uh, but, I'm back. You're back too. But it, but it just, like watching it was both very comforting and I think we did a lot of that last year where we watched things that we'd already watched before, watched a lot of Parks and Rec, all that kind of stuff, yeah. things that just kept us happy. But really when you were going back and watching some of those shows and, you know, it's it was on a while ago, 
Sam, Samantha, came off the best of the bunch. She was the one who was always, um, you know, it wasn't always a spot on series. There were a lot of problems with it. It was definitely (laughs) a huge lack of diversity for one and really flippant treatment of some issues and particularly in the queer community. But time and time again, when you looked at the way the different characters handled things, Samantha always came out on top. She's amazing. So it's kind of, again, like it's a massive gap. It's a massive hole uh, that they've chosen not to fill yeah. with another actor, yeah. even though Kim Cattrall herself has said, why don't you just get another actor? Yeah. I, don't, I don't want to do it. But our, Well, our bang man, Ryan. We bang man, that's right. I forgot we call him bang man. <laughs> our bang man, Ryan, our producer, um, he's sent us something that suggested that they're going to posit New York City as the fourth character. New York City was always the I character. I know. I can't just say, oh, this was this is the other character. It was always part. They had talked about that nonstop. Totally, totally. So <laughs> it's missing something and I'm scared because I guess it was like, you know, like when we came back to do Spicks and Specs, you worry that you'll tarnish it and then everyone will hate it. Mm. And I feel like this might be a misstep. For the entire brand, I'm 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 not sure. I'm so curious. Admittedly, about the, we we got back together, and and whether or not people hate it, it doesn't matter. Everybody loves it. It yeah. through the roof. Uh, there's no problem there. But you know what I mean? Like it's it's a worry with something as iconic as this. Yeah. There's so many, so much baggage attached from every individual person that watched it and loved it, and and I think it will be hard to to make that equal because I'd love to see Samantha in her ageing years, in her twilight years, mm. navigating the world as Samantha Wood. Because she's about 10 years older than mm. the other actors, so there is a different perspective there. Yeah. But also I reckon it speaks to a larger conversation that we've also had. Like last year, remember when there was the High Fidelity TV mm. reboot. Yeah. So this is something that went from a novel by Nick Hornby to a film that is now, when you look back at it, again, is of the time or dated, some mm. might even say. So when they did the reboot of High Fidelity, they flipped the cast, they made it a lot more diverse um, but still even though there was some fantastic performances within it we had that conversation and particularly you know I think I just sort of thought why are we why are we doing this why are we mining these mm. old stories like why aren't we backing comfort, new that's, talent and that, new stories that's why it's comfort and and that's why people are, are doing reboots in the cinema and it's also an excuse not to diversify as well I think from a lot of people who are uncomfortable with that new territory I, it, it that's how I feel about a lot mm. of these reboots because, you know, anything from the 80s or even the 90s was predominantly white. Well, do you think they're going to do that? Like I'm so curious. Of course I will watch the first episode. Absolutely. I may and probably, probably watch the whole them. series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I am really curious because they will have to be a lot more diverse in their casting. Mm. You've still got three white women at the, at the centre of it, yep. three middle to upper class white women at the centre of it. So that will never change. Is it creative? Will it be? Is Darren Star involved? I know. I in don't this? know. This is it, so many. It hasn't been mentioned. And if that trailer is, was so mysterious. They really totally. they didn't have any shots of the cast. No. They haven't even started filming it yet. Oh gosh. Okay. So well, they'll they'll if Darren Star's involved and he has just done Emily in Paris, which was absolutely turgid. But I watched every episode and enjoyed it. Kind of <laughs> hate watched it. Thanks for taking it for the it team. Just, uh, uh, I don't know. Is it? Is it? It felt a bit out of date. Emily in Paris, like it was like trying to be hip and cool. Is it? Have, have, has the time passed? For I, I think the time Sex has passed. In the city? Yeah, I don't think they should have brought it back. I didn't think they should have done the movies. I thought it was an amazing slice in time. There were problems with it. It was a show of the times. It was a show unlike what we'd seen before, totally. and I loved it. And I love watching the old episodes. But let's think about the new voices. I may destroy you, Michaela Cole. Mm. 
Insecure, Pose, Blackish. These are all shows that have diversity at the front and centre and yep. are, you know, written. The showrunners are from diverse backgrounds as well. And they're mining that sort of same territory that Sex and the City do, but from a perspective that we haven't heard from before. Yeah. So while we wait for the Sex and the City reboot, dive into the the new voices that are there yeah. right now and I reckon you'll um you might be surprised. I just wonder, is Carrie done with Big? Can she please oh, be done God. with Big? Isn't there rumors that he's has a heart attack. Well, and that was the third the- movie. That was the third movie, and and Samantha said no. I'm not. Kim Control said no. Oh, I'm not here for this storyline. So, so many questions. As I said, we'll watch. We'll and we'll report back. <laughs> we'll have yeah. we'll have opinions. You yeah. know that. <laughs> Now we're not a gossip rag. Um, uh, well, no, you're not. <laughs> See me up there on my pedestal, looking down. Uh, but look, this is news that came through and was somewhat buried because it happened right at the same time that the runoff elections in Georgia were happening, and then of course there was the capital stormed an insurrection. So a, it's a crazy time in the states right start now. Of the year. But in the middle of it all, around that same time, the New York Post dropped a story about Kim and Kanye's impending. Divorce. Mm. Did you see it coming? I don't know. Hard to say. I mean, I, I can't. I've got no read on any of these things anymore. I feel. I feel like I'm. Any kind of natural reaction is now tempered with a kind of cynicism about the Kardashian chain. They're like a food chain, really, aren't they? They're they're, they're like a franchise. Yeah. Because um, last year they they finished up their their show, their reality show with E and then it was E, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, with E. And then we found out a couple of weeks later they've signed on a multi-gazillion dollar deal with Disney to continue on with the whole thing. So anything with the Kardashians comes tempered with a little bit of cynicism given most things are utilised for publicity purposes. And turned into storylines for the show. Exactly. So whether or not this is real, I don't know anymore. Yeah. I used to think I knew. Now I've got no idea. You know how I do my sweeps? I don't um, follow any of the Kardashians on Instagram, but I do. Have I told you how I do the rounds? Oh, do you? Like you every do couple of weeks. Yeah. I just go. <laughs> I just go and I go what through all the case. Yeah. It's like, what are they all doing? And just yeah. like look at their stories and what stuff like that. What are they all doing? Um, if, just being rich. Yeah. Selling makeup. Yeah. Selling, you know, shapewear. Shapewear. Just selling. It's all selling, <laughs> isn't it? It's all selling, which makes me think. And we were talking about this while we were away because we hung out um, for a week down at the beach. Yeah. And we were talking about this. Their entire life is selling and also being you know, looking immaculate mostly, mm. just must be exhausting. Do they ever want to just hide? Do they love it? Like they must, but but like how hard would it be? When you grow up in that environment though and particularly for Kylie and Kendall who literally grew up in that environment, mm. when you wouldn't know anything else. Yeah, that's so true. your life is about, you do, they have absolute control and editorial control about how they appear. But yeah, I just, I've been thinking about that a lot. It's those exhausting. moments and you and I are certainly not Kardashians, but there's moments oh, well, where come we on. get come busy. On, ben. <laughs> We get busy and just like we both feel that need to just bury our heads and, and, and run away. So I don't understand it but then I, I think they live in an alternate universe and they obviously get paid very handsomely well, yeah. to live their lives publicly. But I did do a sweep over the break um, and before all this news came out, I did mm. notice that Kanye wasn't at any of the Christmas parties. He was at her birthday but apparently flew in to the island, dropped that um, – Oh God! What's it called? That video. What? Oh God! The hologram. Drop the hologram. What about the yeah. hologram? Drop the hologram and then peed off again. Yeah. So, I don't look. I don't know. 
I don't trust any of it anymore. Am I turning on the Kardashians? I mean, I've been a big supporter for a long time. Just I don't think they need your support. They don't, actually. <laughs> but yeah, they're fine. True. That's true. That's true. Maybe I'm just bored with it. It's, it's a lot. Should we cleanse the palate with some sea shanties? Oh, yes, please. Soon may the worm come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tonguing is done, we'll take our leave and go. Now, what is this beautiful sound that I'm hearing? This is so joyful. That is the sound of something that was written hundreds of years ago and, and possibly has its origins in Australia. It's a sea shanty. You know the sound of it. The beautiful voices, different levels. Everyone can join in. It's a really communal type of song cycle yeah. and everyone feels like they're, they're part of something. And it looks like sea shanties are the new hot trend for 2021. Who knew? Thank you, TikTok. This yeah. is so good. Not only sea shanties that are being performed by different people who come in, you know, connected mm. uh, no matter what through different conferencing, you know, services and stuff like that, but also people doing like banging remixes of yeah. sea shanties. And this is so joyful. You've probably seen it. The song is called Well A Man. Um, you've probably seen it if you're on TikTok or if not, like all things on TikTok, it rises to the surface and yeah. makes its way into other social media. Yeah, you don't have to be on TikTok to see this one because it's all over Twitter now too and yeah. Facebook. Um, burping again. Um, the song Wellerman, and it's uh, apparently Wellerman was an employee of the 19th century Australian whaling company, the Weller Brothers, and the song's about company ships that would arrive to resupply whaling vessels. Now, I got that from an excellent Vulture article by Catherine Van Arendonk, who has written about this trend and interest in something as simple as a sea shanty and really goes a long way to explain why this is happening right now. And I mentioned before, it's a communal thing. Mm. People are very disconnected sitting at home on their computers in isolation in, in so many countries around the world and this is a way for people to to enjoy a group activity. But also there's a simplicity to it mm. as well, bringing it back to real basics, which I think we've all had to face in the last 12 months. And it's just heaps fun yeah. <laughs> it's 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 similar in a way to um the reaction videos that we we delved into last year the with brothers, the two yeah. brothers Watching who were listening like really famous big songs yeah for the first like time. listening to dolly parton's jolene for the first time mm. uh, and watching the pure joy of that and and this is a whole new generation again finding pure joy out of something old and very simple and community-based and not necessarily individual um, no, not an individual pursuit, and I think it's quite lovely. Like, it's it's impossible to predict that something like this would be would be one of the trends of this year. Yeah, I did not see sea shanties popping up. I did on TikTok. not ever. But you know what? Those things, both of those things, tied directly to music, and we know about the power of music mm. being such a, a formative thing in in forming community and identity, and also just bringing us joy. Like, music was a huge part of what helped me through last year, mm. and continues to no matter what's on the cards for twenty twenty one. This Vulture article is so great. We're going to put it in the show notes, but there's a couple of things that stuck out for me. Um, and it was talking about this phenomenon of, you know, community forming and, and musical moments on social media beyond just TikTok. It says, those phenomena come out of a hunger for the distinct, powerful way music can make people feel connected to one another. Sea shanties are just a more direct, musically explicit version of that desire. They're easy for lots of people to learn very quickly, as you say. And once everyone's learned the pattern, the sea shanty turns every participant into one small part of a collective whole. And that's what we're missing right now, yeah. isn't it? When people talk, I've got friends who are part of a choir and they got to get back together with their choir 
then, you know, you can't sing right now because mm. it's literally the, you know, you can't chant at sport matches. This is like the, the expulsion of air, you know, at well, that's volume dangerous. is dangerous. dangerous. You know? And you Singing think about like what's something, something that was once joyful and full of energy and community is now dangerous. It's, it's a radical act. It's a radical act. But I had some friends who got to get together with their choir and socially distanced outdoors sing again and the joy that they talked about having do that again just... Me thinking about it sends shivers. Like this is stuff that really matters. So I love that this is happening online and it's just Mm. another reminder again of what we as humans are drawn to. When you think about all the challenges that were thrown up of last year, I feel like we were just reminded in our reactions, our very gut reactions, that we're drawn to these collective experiences, Mm. we're drawn to sharing and we're drawn to community and that was such you know, you think about all the disaster movies around pandemics and how it's all about people blocking up their houses and shutting people out and being fearful of each other. When the reality that happened is that we do have to socially distance and things are tough around the world, but also our human instinct was we want to be take care of our community. Mm. We want to look out for our community, even if it's just as simple as wearing a mask to, to protect the person who lives next door mm. to us, you know. And isn't that a beautiful realisation that when we were faced with this, this once in a hundred year event, that's what we did? Yeah, it's gorgeous. Amazing. And we love singing about rum. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that kind of brings me to something that I wanted to talk to you about today Mm -hmm. because like this is the first episode of Bang On. And if this is your first listen to Bang On, welcome to the Bang Fam. Every week we dissect music, art, life and stuff. We just talk shit about whatever's in the the zeitgeist really. But... At this beginning of this kind of new 2021, you know, we all knew logically and pragmatically that we'd be continuing with a lot of 2020 and what that had left us, you know. The pandemic still is here, all of that stuff. There's still a lot of uncertainty. No matter what year we're in, there is always, I guess, a sense of hope and there's a symbolism into tipping into a new year. I'm not a New Year's resolution person, but I do often like to set a goal or two, or think about, you know, big picture, when you've actually had a rest over the summer break Mm. and you're looking ahead to a new year, where do you want to go? Because it's a time where you can actually just stop, one of the few times during the year where you can stop and and look ahead. But big picture isn't happening anymore. I mean, we probably ended last year in the same way. Mm. And then all of a sudden, any kind of goals, long-term goals, were thrown out because everything changed and I think that's been a real issue in terms of doing that again this year everyone I I know I certainly am I'm going what's how do I how do I dream up ideas how do I how do I make plans how do I do anything yeah how were you feeling like when you were tipping into this year and thinking about what the next 12 months holds like what what was your first thought (laughs) ignore it um don't think And, and that's that's very um I'm hiding from it, but it's it's difficult. Like I can't see how this year will pan out, so I can't see how I can make any kind of plan. So I'm just trying to ride with it and be very present yeah, and not look too far into the future and get too anxious about that. What yeah. about you? Well, I had a similar thing where I kind of, I don't know, I sort of, I went to sit down and, and write some stuff in my, my journal, kind of a 2021 blank page, mm. and... Yeah, my mind just went blank. Like I kind of was thinking, okay, there's a bit of a flat line. Like I've, I've, I'm very grateful that I have an awesome job that I love, but a lot of the parts of that job that are the peaks and the challenges they're and gone. the ups and downs, they've gone. You know, mm. we don't 
get to do necessarily a lot of the things that we we used to do. I know that will come back, but yeah. going into this year, it's sort of like, you know, what? How do I approach that flat line kind of feeling? <coughs> Excuse me, COVID. Oh fuck. <laughs> So, so what have you done? Have you, I mean, have you got any advice? Because I, I've avoided it. Essentially, I'm just, I'm just rolling as I have been, like last year, and I haven't, I haven't gone to that place in my mind. So, how are you? you know, I, I googled it. Did I you? literally googled it. I went 2021 goals for some okay. ideas. And that's when I realised there was a bunch of articles capturing exactly what I was feeling. Yeah. Like this is not an – and Bang Fam will be nodding their heads now. This mm. is not an isolated experience. So some of the things that I read in this – and there's a great article in particular written by – I think it's a podcast in the States. There are a couple of women in their 20s. So this will appeal to a lot of people. But it was basically talking about when you can't control the outside world and think about big picture stuff, think about like turn inward, but in a good way, you know, and whenever you think about bettering yourself, some people sometimes see that as this is selfish, but ultimately if you better yourself, then you're better for your community and the world. That's the reality. The only thing you can control is your own actions. And so if you look inward and think about those small goals, that can lead to big change. That can lead, it can have a ripple effect. Um, And they're often the sum of their parts. So these little things that you can chip away at that are very accessible can actually lead to big change in your life and big change into the world around you. So it's like, I kind of looked at these goals and it's more about what you can do and not what you can't. Mm. So what I did, Miff, was I've written a letter to myself. I used to do this on news, Eve. I'd write a letter to the year. Yeah. And I know lots of people who do this and then you'd, um, you'd burn it on midnight. Just to kind of let it go. Let the ghosts and, go. And move through. But I didn't do it this year. I didn't even bother. Well, I was mine, like, oh, well. <laughs> mine was more less a kind of letting it go and more of a because partially because I've got such a shit memory, I wanted to <laughs> capture the things that I learned in 2020 yeah. and carry them into the new year because I think that when you're in something, I've learned this is human nature, when you're in something you feel it so keenly and as soon as you're out of it, you're onto the next headspace mm. and that's a great thing about the resilience of the human brain and body that we're yeah. able to do that. But sometimes you lose those those lessons. So one of the big things that I realised was that when the lockdown lifted in Melbourne, I didn't bounce back to the life that I had before, mm. you know, and that's partly because I realised it wasn't didn't want to. good for me. Yeah, You know, va- valuing my time and the need to recharge, that time I need mm. to recharge. I can't bounce around like I did in my 20s anymore. I get yeah. tired and I get mentally tired and it's just not feasible. And also when I do have time... Spending it with the friends and family that and, and the people that I love, not mm. feeling obligated to do things that are yeah. not good for me or, or, or my community. Well, that was one thing I learnt too. Uh, I spent a beautiful time over Christmas and New Year with my family and with friends in really like a proper way, in a, in a deep way. Like I spent time and that has – I couldn't have felt better about that. Mm. Like I just I loved it and I haven't had time to do that for a long time. Yeah. So it's important. It's a great reminder. Some of the other things that I wrote down were listen. Is it actually listen to people? I'm not always the best listener. Um, look up was another thing that you know the the nature that gave me so much in lockdown is there every day. I really noticed when lockdown lifted that I wasn't going for all my big daily walks and stuff. And I was just like, I went for a walk earlier this week. It was such a beautiful night. And I just felt so, oh man, it just, it just filled my whole body with this sense of renewal and, Mm. and, and gratitude. And a big part of that as well is, 
you know, thinking big, literally like the the worldview that you have and on the flip side of that, the view that you have when you're looking down in your phone, when your hand is cramping and you're just doom scrolling, mm. that's such a reductive experience. The world physically, mentally, um, possibility-wise is so huge. So look at it, look for it and take those those possibilities. Mm. Don't be drawn down into what this narrative is and this loop, this sort of doom scrolling loop mm. in your phone. It's not good for you. Yeah. I switched my phone to grayscale when I was actually down at your beach house. Yes. <laughs> and and that was um that was a good thing. That's a really good kicker for stopping the um the pokey addiction to to phones. But also one of the other big things that I loved kicking into last year, which I'll continue this year, was in July in the middle of lockdown, I started this journal. Mm. And one of the best things about that was this drawing up each month, a gratitude page where I just write down things that I'm grateful for and also a memory page. And it doesn't have to be a big journal entry every day. It's literally just like a couple of lines Mm. of a memory of something great that happened. So it just is a small thing that reminds me of the best in every day and that I was still living life. Like even though it felt like everything was flatlined and still and had stopped it hadn't like there was still life going on there was still things happening and there was still joys in every day and it would just pull me out of that headspace yeah good so they're my tips they're your tips they're my tips yeah take what we learned from last year into the new year and that's the best we can do and be good you know enjoy the people around you your nearest and dearest the one thing I took from last year was I didn't drink for three months yeah and this year I'm finding it so easy to have moments, like a couple of days here and there with friends, but then not drinking at home, not doing anything like that. And I feel so much better for it and I don't need it like I did. And that's a good thing that I can take into the into the new year. Hold so. on to that. Break that yeah. habit and just exactly. remember that good feeling you realise, don't yeah. you? It's just like I feel so much better when I'm not doing that. Totally, totally. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Oh. Should we bang on? Yeah. Forgot about that part. <laughs> I thought we were New done. Year, some shit never changes. I thought we were done. What are you banging on about this Oh, my week? God. The show that everybody's watching on Netflix at the moment, it's called Bridgerton. Oh, it's the talk of the town. Talk of the town. My bodice is ripping. <laughs> my bosoms are falling out of a top like every woman on the show. It's, um, it's a, look. I haven't been able to watch anything for a long time. I don't know what's going on. I, I can't commit to anything. I can't start anything. But I turned Bridgerton on after Christmas and lordy lord, I could not stop. It's <laughs> it's a Regency era romance, high society in the 19th century of England um, where it, there is, and the wonderful thing about it, but it's also been criticised for this in terms of people saying it's, it's race blind, but there is no racism. The cast are very diverse. Um, the only issue is, though, women still don't have agency. So that's that's moved on uh, in terms of um, in terms of racism. That's changed, but women are still very very oppressed. And the only agency they have is to marry into the right family, whether that be for usually for property um, or for money, but very rarely for love. Mm. So you've got these two characters. It's 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 like a romance novel. <laughs> it's a romance novel brought to the screen, but it's brilliant. Shonda Rhimes, who is the producer extraordinaire behind Grey's and writer of Grey's Anatomy yeah. and also Scandal, uh, she is involved in this project. Oh, and, I didn't know. That's yeah, awesome. And it's just a rip-roaring time. <laughs> it is magnificent. It's it's 
totally trashy in a Mills and Boone way, but it is magnificently trashy as well. The costumes are magnificent. The music is contemporary songs oh, put cool. to string quartets. Um, there's scandal, there's romance. It's a little bit Gossip Girl because there's a writer, Lady Whistledown, who writes about all the all the goings-on at the society balls, the debutante balls, where originally women were presented mm. so they could find a husband. Mm. And there's two characters. There's Daphne, who's Daphne Bridgerton, and she is looking for a husband because that's her only way out. If she doesn't do that, she's failed as a woman in, in that society. And the Duke of Hastings, who is a... A duke, an extremely handsome duke, are we allowed to say that? I mean, they're both gorgeous. Um, And they concoct a phony romance whereby she becomes more eligible uh, because there's lots of people conspiring to to keep her from being eligible and then he gets taken off the market and he doesn't want to marry. And, of course, it's just just hot to trot from there (laughs) on in. There's things like touching of fingers and spoon licking and stuff like that and you're going... (laughs) This is the hottest thing I've seen in a long time. But then it gets really raunchy. So don't, if you're at home on holidays living at your parents' place or whatever, don't watch it with them. Oh, right, because it yeah. turns. If you've, got a teenage, it if you've got a teenagers, maybe don't watch it with them. Let them watch it on their own. It'll be their own experience. <laughs> that um, is a good PSA. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's hot. It's super hot and it's what we needed okay. for these holidays. That's why everyone's talking about it. It's I'm just, diving in. It's a fun time. I was going to watch it in preparation for today and then a couple of people were like, oh, it's too trashy but no. you've sold it to me. I, I love trash. I know you love trash. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you, it's also you, it, it's like that passive television yeah. that we've been talking about. Um, it looks amazing too. It looks oh, sumptuous. You can watch it but you don't have to. Yeah. Like it's just gorgeous. Loved it. All right. I'll dig in. What are you banging on about? I'm banging on about the new novel by Elena Ferrante, who's the author of the Neapolitan Quartet. Love, love, love. Incredible, mysterious Italian author. Um, It's called The Lying Life of Adults. It just came out towards the end of last year. And it's, again, written from a female perspective. She just is the master of capturing all the things that were inside my head Mm. as a teenager. This time, though, it's a woman called Giovanna. She's a 12-year-old growing up in middle-class Naples. Uh, And one night she overhears her dad comparing her, his daughter, to his estranged sister, Vittoria, who previously her parents have described as having ugliness and nastiness perfectly matched. And so she's a 12-year-old hearing that going, what the hell? And this kind of sets her off. She basically goes to uh, the much more working class part, you know, down, down the hill of Naples um, to find Vittoria and find out who this woman is who's never been a part of her life and from there everything kind of changes. What's the bet? Vittoria is awesome. Vittoria is one of the best characters <laughs> I've read in years. She is terrifying, um, swears up a storm and is a wild woman. But My it's kind just, of lady. Yeah, she, she's, she's such a well-written character. Right. But the thing that um, I love about this and if you think about the title, The Lying Life of Adults, is that it captures Giovanna as she grows into adulthood. So as a young child she's sort of seeing and calling out in her mind all these lies that she notices her parents and her parents' friends telling. But then gradually as she grows older the complexity of adulthood and why people do certain things and why choices are made and motivations are what they are Mm. You can see she's not realising it but she's doing these things and it's just this perfectly subtle capture of that move into adulthood when things aren't so black and white and the reasons that people do things Mm. are a lot more nuanced than you think when you're a child. And she just, yeah, like I said, she just captures this female perspective and female friendships so well. I just kept on thinking 
when she was talking about how she presented herself. And it's also set in the 90s too. So, okay. you know, the um, the Neapolitan Quartet was set a lot further back. You know, it kind of travelled over a huge period of time. But when they were young, it was, I think, in the 50s. 50s? Yeah. yeah. So this is way more relatable in terms of that. Like it's 1990s Naples. Um that's the era, the era that I grew up. Like I was 1990 when I started high school, so literally my my era. Yeah. And, yeah, it just all the things that I was reading from Giovanna's perspective, I was just like, oh, my God, I used to care about this so much too and just what you value and how you, how you see yourself through the eyes of others when you're trying to find your place in the world. She just nailed it. So oh. she's such a great writer. Like I, I love her. I was so excited to read this and so happy that it it was met all my expectations. Excellent. I'm going to download that as an audio book. Do you want me to, I've got the paper book. but you, you want to? Yeah, it's right there. Oh. Although someone told me that Marissa Tomei, Oh, I love Narrates her. Narrates the audiobook. I'm going to listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. When I heard that, I was like, I'm going to read it again. Yeah, brilliant. So good. Oh, thank you. Pleasure. That's um, it. We're done. We've done. Kick, kick into 2021. Yeah. With all the good things. We had a lot more to say than we thought. <laughs> new year, new us. <laughs> new you, Bang fan. Yeah. See Welcome you next back. week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. on now we're not a gossip rag what well, we kind of are not really i got a bit <laughs> coffee <laughs> you know the ones that like travel up from the deep and you know it's got to come out it's like, mm. anyway sorry God, I missed start you. again start again <laughs>